Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan and with me as always is my man Chris and our boy Evan. How we doing today, fellas? I'm doing good, man. Usually you introduce me as Moss, but that only took you six tries to get that one. I'm doing good. Back on the West Coast. Well, to be fair, I am doing my flu game right now. I'm uh. still sick, so uh, I'm persevering. Okay. Well, Evan? <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't have the flu, so I guess that's a plus, but... uh. I'm doing I'm doing really good. A lot better than last week when we were recording, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I had the flu last week. All yeah. week. From the game. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, at least we can say this week, the team isn't bringing you down. It's just me. Um, <laughs> that's but, true. <laughs> but, I mean, our boys at Texas, goddamn tech, keep the winning streak going against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They have nothing for us. They don't know what to do when they see Jet Duffy coming on the field. <laughs> when the Jets are turned add, on. Chris? When the Jets turn on, the Pokes run away scared. <laughs> I mean, he had an amazing game. The dude threw for 424 goddamn yards, four touchdowns, and ran for another. TJ Vasher played like he wants to get drafted number one overall. And Jordan Brooks tackled every single person on the planet this week. Yeah, I think Jordan Brooks by far was my MVP of the game. I mean, he put up ungodly numbers. I mean, he looked like the real deal, like that we thought that he was going to be. Um I, I can't say enough about our defense, but but for Brooks, you know, 19 tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, one forced fumble. The dude was an animal all over the field, all game long. MVP of the game by far in my book. Jordan Brooks was the man, the man, the legend this year. Hmm, I will have to disagree I mean, with you on that one, my man. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear you. I'm going to go Douglas Coleman. Douglas mm. Coleman. Oh leading the big 12 and is this true that he is in the is he leading the fbs in interceptions this is true five yeah i'm going dougie coleman mvp big boy well i i know that some of the nation's voting would disagree with you mr jordan brooks earning the defensive player of the week honors nationally from putting up monster numbers (laughs) well uh if i had to give myself an mvp I would stick to my guns and go with Austin McNamara. Great punting, once again. <laughs> really good punting. Didn't have to do it often. Didn't it, have to do it often. But it, when he did, he was great. You know, Ryan, you bring up a good point because the punting for Oklahoma State was terrible. Tom Hutton, he really set up Texas Tech um, on a few drives, especially on that one where he kicked it out of bounds at, I think, at the 43 of Oklahoma State, and that set up a drive for Texas Tech to go and score and you know build momentum. Let's talk yeah, I mean, most. If- let's talk most improved on the team, and it doesn't go to a player; it goes to a coach. And we were critical of the man last week, but David Yost called an incredible game. And since he looks like Harry off and Dumb and Dumber, I would be remiss if I didn't say, just when I think you couldn't be any dumber, you go out and do something like this and. Totally redeem yourself. The man called an excellent <laughs> game, and he got us down the field where we needed to go. David Yost completely got my trust back from this game. Yeah, he I'll mopped say what, up the mess he made. Ah, uh, nice mop reference. Um, 
I'll say this. Uh, they said in the beginning of the week, you know, they picked a quarterback this week, unlike last week, when they said, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have some quarterbacks go out there, maybe this Rice guy. But um, <laughs> this week they picked a quarterback, and it seems like they set up. They made a, an offensive game plan, and you're 100% right. They actually called a great game plan this week, something we haven't seen yet, and look what it turns into, a downfield attack. And when you're fucking throwing it like that, it opens up running running lanes. And you got Sir Roderick, Tashawn, uh, fucking Shine. But uh, mainly the first two guys. Sir Roderick was a beast once again. I mean, the guys are averaging like six yards a carry, seven yards a carry a person. It's, it's incredible to watch. And, you know, we should have beat him by a lot more. But, the, you know, Jet was missing some, some open throws, especially really early in the game. Yeah. But the thing that impressed me the most is that our play calling gave us the chance for explosive plays. And they were there. They were there, and he connected on a lot of them. He missed some, but we should have beat Oklahoma State by more. It, and uh, it seems like uh, Yost actually tried in this game. I feel yeah. like he didn't even try against Oklahoma. I think that's like a great way to put it. He kind of packed the bags in before he even got to the field last week. Yeah, it didn't this even week, seem like there was any came out motivation to win blazing. that game. But um, if I could point out something that I think was the most important part of the game, uh, it's actually what I said in the preview last week winning the havoc battle yeah we caused five turnovers and we had none right i mean duffy threw zero picks we caused three interceptions two forced fumbles there was tackles for loss every fucking second of the game and sacking the quarterback repeatedly this team the defense was swarming and the offense protected the ball once again and didn't let up negative plays and when you combine that with an uh, offensive game plan that actually has some downfield strikes, you see what happens. Amen. Yeah, yeah Ryan, you, you really did call it last week. I mean, Oklahoma State let up some big plays, and it seemed like they never could get rolling on the offensive side of the board. Um, you know, they gave up way too many interceptions, fumbles, never really got into a rhythm. And, you know, that's just credit to our defense. That was the best defensive performance from Texas Tech that I've seen in a very long time. I couldn't agree more, Chris. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Our defense goes out there and has 14 tackles for loss, seven sacks. We already talked about the five for, forced turnovers. They played like the real deal. Um, you know, we saw them, we, you know, we gave out up points, especially in the second half. But and, and of course, fatigue plays into that. But let's not forget that Oklahoma State's top 10 offense in the nation. Um, and so we did our part on the defensive side of the ball. Patterson had our guys ready to rock and roll, yeah. and they showed up big at the Jones this weekend. I mean, not there's nothing you could say more. You know, I couldn't give him more blessings, Keith Patterson. He, he. I mean, David Gibbs. As much as I actually liked the guy, I never saw a game plan executed better at Texas Tech in all of. Cliff's uh, time that he had at Texas Tech. I've never seen our defense show up and win a game like that for us. And this isn't UTEP or Montana State. Like you said, Evan, top 10 offense in the country. It was amazing how Texas Tech dominated on the defensive side of the ball uh, against a powerhouse, really. I mean, Oklahoma State is a great team. And, uh, yeah, they put us you know, in the perfect position to win this game and gave Duffy an opportunity instead of just letting him get sacked over and over again like he did against Oklahoma. You know, I think that an east-to-west type um, difference in our coaching staff was how we responded to adversity. In my opinion, under Cliff, 
and the regime that he had rocking there, we never, ever responded to adversity well, okay? Matt Wells rolls into Norman with his squad and gets absolutely pummeled. And what does he do? He comes back against a ranked team, beats a ranked team at the Jones for the first time in six years, responds well on all sides of the ball, and he had our guys ready to play. All the credit in the world to Matt Wells for not laying down. He took it in the mouth, and he came back, and he had our guys ready to go. Yeah, it looked like a totally different team. Go ahead, they didn't Ryan. just win. They, they they won handily. Yeah, you know it was from the first possession of the game. They caused that fumble in the first possession of the game, and from there on out, they never slowed down. It was incredible to watch. And that's something that Tech fans, you know, have seen time and time again. Uh, for, you know, when we're playing at home against Oklahoma State, we get out to a lead and then we let them back in, but the boys locked down on both sides of the ball, both sides of the ball. And the belief was never gone. And that's credit to Matt Wells. And that's credit to our captains on defense. And that's credit to Jet Duffy going in there and executing on offense and giving us a chance to put this one to bed early. And let's remember, this is something that Kingsbury or Tuberville never could do. They could not beat Oklahoma State at home. Going into this game, Oklahoma State had won nine out of the last ten. The one loss was last year when we rolled into Stillwater. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, they've had our number. Um, they're not an easy team to beat for whatever reason. You know, you have certain matchups that really can just get your goat, and Oklahoma State has been that for the past decade. But, man, I, I could not be more proud of this team uh, from, from players to coaching staff all the way around. It seems like a turning point, to, to me anyway, for Texas Tech football. It seems like the belief is back for Texas Tech. I I mean, last year, it seemed like we were trying, but we never could really get it done. Um, even when Cliff beat Oklahoma State, I thought that was our turning point for the team. But it seems like we kind of got our things together, especially on defense. Like last year, I never thought once that we had, you know, a really proven defense that could go in and stunt a team. And, I mean, I'm, I have full belief in Matt Wells and his coaching staff. Um, even with, you know, our starting quarterback out, I think we have a really good shot this season to continue on this train of winning. I mean, I think you said that really well. I mean, I think you're right. It was more than just one win. It it feels like there's a whole lot more hope in the air. It seems like everyone's, like you said, getting behind this coaching staff and this team. I mean, if you think about what we've said the past few weeks, we've been hard on them. I mean, myself personally, I know I have. I've been tough on Yost. I've been hesitant on Wells, but... Something about that game and fucking Coach Patterson. I love seeing him on the sideline. Uh, yeah. The defense just rah, like he I, he love how into the game he gets. And I really have so much more belief in this team. There was something about that game, just watching them go wire to wire on all sides of the ball, just playing great. I mean, and Wells' speech after the game in the locker room. Did you guys both hear that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was something that just. Ah, made me like the guy so much more. And my boy, Joel Filani, one of the greatest receivers at Texas Tech, now receiving coach, getting everybody going with the chin at the end. It just gave yeah. me chills, that video. It really did. <laughs> Home of the Raiders. That was yeah, sick. Man, yeah, I that, 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 that. That, was, that was electric. Well, gentlemen, just because I think that this is going to be a short segment, what we're going to b- talk about, let's talk about some of the cons of the game that you saw. What did you see that you didn't like that we can improve upon? I have one really big one, Evan. Who is calling these fake field goals? 
Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's definitely one of mine. Who is calling the fake fugles? They aren't working. Stop it. We have a good kicker. We have a good kicker. I mean, yes, he missed one. But we have a great kicker. Just let him get the three points. He missed his first one ever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when was I, it? I hated that call. I absolutely hated that call. Was it, it when we were up 13 like a Yo special to me. It was when we were up 13-0, I believe, right? You know, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember at what juncture the game it I, came in. All I know half. is that it was not warranted when we did it. It was. It I know was that we, we were we were definitely up 13 because it was. I remember yelling at the TV. I don't know if it was 13 nothing or what, but I know we were up 13 because I was like, "Why wouldn't you kick it? Get through the 14, get through the football score, and you know, get to a point where you're up 16 points instead of 13. It's a massive difference in the game." You think that's a uh, yo special? That smells like a yo special. It does. It yeah, but like that's a dirty that mop Matt, water. That's something that Matt has to sign off on, and you know, well, he's, he's going to make the mistakes. But play calling, man. He's got the offensive play calling call, like ability. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. They've been together for a long time, and that's the second time we've called that this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that it. was tough for me to see. That's tough. We're five games into the season, we have two fake field goals. <laughs> got, they that? just got absolutely blown up in our face. It seems like Oklahoma State knew it was coming, too, because they shifted to the right prior to even the snap happening. It got blown uh, up I would immediately. Love see, uh, I would love to see how many times they called that at Oklahoma, or, uh, Utah State. Or, or Utah. A, yeah, that's Utah a good State. point, right? I, would, I actually want to look that up. That would be interesting. Let's get the intern on it. <laughs> Big stash with Evan. Ryan, you got anything else that you didn't necessarily like? I got a couple on, I mean, in my mind. It's, 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 a, it's a negative uh, that didn't end up costing us a game or anything, but it could in the future if we get into more of a shootout. And that was Duffy missing the long ball uh, and missing passes in general. I mean, he did throw for a lot of yards, four touchdowns, no picks, because when he missed, he missed long. And he didn't miss in areas where, you know, the defenders could get it. But he was 26 for 44. And um, I'd like to see a little bit better accuracy. And sometimes he had those guys with, like, the receivers had the D-backs beat. Could have been a long score. And he just kept missing a little bit. But other, I mean, he had a great game, obviously. But yeah, that's a small for, negative for me. For sure. And, you know, one always Duffy. You know, I think I think it was McLean Mannix um, that had had the deep ball right in, right in his bread basket and dropped it that would have gone for six. And, you know, I could hear I could hear Wells on the TV saying, no, 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 I'm going to coach your ass. I'm going to coach you because Mannix was <laughs> trying to walk away from him. And, 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 and But, you know, this is this is Wells. I loved it. He was saying, listen, man, you're more than capable. I heard that on TV. So I like how he's all positive. But um, I agree with you there. Um, two of the big cons that I had for this game, uh, the most important to me was our ability to convert on third down. Yeah. We were 2 for 13 on third down. We were 0 for 2 on fourth down. You know, that's not that's not even remotely acceptable, and it's not going to transition well as we continue Big 12 play. We've got to get that figured out. I want to say last week we maybe converted one third down against OU. We've got to be able to convert on third down, get us in position to be able to convert there. Number two was penalties. We saw a little bit of undisciplined play. We were seven penalties for 70 yards. we got to get that cleaned up. You know, we saw that plague Cliff's team. Want to make sure that that's not an ongoing trend continuing into the season. Other than that, man, I really don't – there wasn't a whole lot of cons. I mean – I was all su- supportive of, of Duffy rolling in. My main concern was his decision capability. But good gosh, I thought that he made great decisions. Not always. He made a couple bad ones. But overall, he looked like a different quarterback than we saw last year. 
I think he's got confidence, man. I, and I think that plays yep. into missing those long balls. He really just needed a little bit of time to get settled and then this confidence shine, especially when he tucked it and ran it in for six. That was, a, I mean, that was so smart of him. He just stepped up when the pressure got to him. And, you know, he's got, he's, he's an athletic guy, you know? He's, he could yeah. be a great quarterback. He looked like it. He got actually named on ESPN. His helmet got brought up there, and they talked about him for a little bit. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do next week to keep this going. No. It seems no, like the I, team is on his back. I think the team is supportive of Jet Duffy in the locker room. I agree with you guys both wholeheartedly. Like Jet, like you said, he was making good decisions overall, and he looked confident. You could tell that he was going through his progressions really well. He wasn't looking down one receiver and throwing the ball. You could see him making the read and looking off one receiver, throwing it to another, finding the guy open deep. It was, it was, it looked like a different quarterback. It looked like kind of what we all thought he could be when he first came to Texas Tech. Now, I think that a big key is that the players really believe in Duffy. Yeah. Um, I was at the the Ole Miss game last year, and Chris, you were too. Ryan, I can't remember if you were or not. Well, I was, I was. You were. Present. So I don't know if you guys remember, but whenever Carter went down, it was clear and apparent that the entire team, especially on the offense, was kind of rallying around Duffy, patting his back, like, let's go, it's your time. They thought it was going to be him. It ended up being Bowman, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but this may be a little bit of a controversial topic, but do you guys think that there's going to potentially be a quarterback controversy if Duffy keeps playing the way that he is when Bowman comes back? To be honest, Evan, um, I don't want to see Bowman come back this year. It's gonna be too. Whoa. It's gonna be too. Not not. I want him to be fully healthy. And but it's gonna be what six weeks from now. I mean, we're gonna be deep into the season, and if we. I mean, can, that's worst case scenario. That's I, worst case. I just feel like he's just too prone to injury. How many games has he played at Texas Tech? Seven. He's played seven games, seven or eight games, and he's been hurt three times. I I just I'm not. I'm just more not, than that. Play more than that. I'm just not sold on his uh, physical toughness or ability to take hits and not get injured. Now, I, I have an interesting I mean, opinion on this, I think. But before I give that, Ryan, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I think on the on the case of will there be a quarterback controversy, uh, I think if, if we win a few uh, conference games in a row, then there's no way you can take Duffy out because they'll just mess with the team. You got to stick with what's working. If we go on a little bit of a run here in conference play, you don't take out the guy that's winning you the games. But on the side of, I don't want to see Bowman. I don't think he can play. I mean, the kid's gotten hurt twice. The first time he got fucking smoked. The second time he got smoked again. I mean, the first, well, the second time was a re-injury of the first. His lung collapsed again, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't ready to come back when he did. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say I don't want to see him play. He's not tough enough to play. But I think if they're winning with Duffy, you have to keep Duffy in the game. Now, let me give you some interesting stats real quick that I think could be kind of eye-opening to people listening to this. One of my good buddies, Anthony Rubio, he sent me an article on this talking about Bowman and um, Duffy. Bowman is 2-3 and as a starter in the Big 12. Duffy is 2-2, and Okay. And, and that's kind of hard to, like, compare the two because they've been two different teams. But but take a look at the stats real quick. Duffy is 134 for 209, which is 64% passing. 
for 1,672 yards, 12 touchdowns, and five interceptions, along with 320 rushing yards and additional four touchdowns. Allen Bowman is 133 of 194 yards, or, or, or passing attempts, excuse me, then that's 68.5% roughly for a little over 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions, negative 44 rushing yards, and another rushing touchdown. Those numbers right there are very, very, very comparable. Now, the thing with Duffy is that he has not been able to to start three consecutive games. This is going to be uh, rolling into this, this next game at Baylor. It's going to be his first time to start three games. Two games. Um, well, he didn't start. OU. He, he didn't start at OU. Rice guy. Oh, you're right. You're right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna still kind of count that as a start <laughs> because the Rice guy that looked like pregame warm up that he was chunking the ball for a little bit. So, really, roll. Okay, let's say p- play the majority of the game. So r- rolling into Baylor, Duffy has the reps. He's coming in. He's he knows he's going to be the starter. Those numbers right there, they, they're not that different, man. Um, but the question I have is, which teams were they playing against? No, that's a good point. But think about Duffy's loss. Duffy's loss, um, one of them was against Texas as a starter. Um, and Almost won. Dad Gummin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blank on the, on the second one. It was he lost to Kansas State 21-6 Kansas State. Kansas against State. a shit Kansas State team that went 5-6 and six in the season. Or 5-6-6 and six and six in the season. Kansas State, Kansas. you're right. Yeah, he put up six points, threw for uh, 150 yards and a pick. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It was bad, man. No, no, I, mean, no, I get it. And, and, and heck, that was when he was. I mean, you're right. I mean, Bowman hasn't been incredible in conference play, but I just don't know if I would put too much weight without thinking about who they were playing against. No, and, and the and, thing and to and me I, is, I just looked I, at that Oklahoma game last year. Am I saying there there should be quarterback controversy? Not even close at the moment. Okay, Jet just had his first good game of the year. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is if he keeps playing like he is, and we saw flashes of brilliance last year mm-hmm. against TCU, and I know he had some, a few turnovers against Texas, but, man, he balled out against UT last year. I mean, Jet yeah. Duffy, if he can make good – quality decisions is every bit as good as Alan Bowman. If he can make good decisions. You know, we never once have said that Jet Duffy doesn't have the physical ability to be a great quarterback. We've always just said, we've always just said he makes dumb, dumb plays. And uh, for once we didn't see it. This was a clean, clean game. So if he continues to do that, I don't know what he's doing, but is he if he continues to be disciplined with his throws and decision making, then he could be a really good quarterback for Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, it's development. I agree it's wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think it might be the new system. I mean, if if what's working, if if this new system maybe he took to it better, and if he keeps playing like he did, I mean, I agree. If he keeps playing like that, and you know the decision making is still there, and like you said, we all know he's got the physical talent to do it. He's got a cannon. He can run. Clearly much better. He's a better dual-threat quarterback than Bowman by, by far. And, you know, if the decision-making's there, then I don't think you can take him out, man. Well, boys. I mean, four, 424 yards. One. 424 yards for four touchdowns, connecting with 11 different receivers. He was playing incredible against a really good Oklahoma State defense. I was – I mean, he above and beyond surpassed my expectations. Everyone's. Um, and, you know, like – that'll probably catch a little flack because I hear 
you know, since the game, everyone's saying, oh, he missed huge plays. He missed big opportunities. And he did. Um, but but he played just absolutely lights out in every other regard except for missing those few big plays. Uh, I I thought that Duffy did everything that, that Wells and Yost asked of him and more. I just hope that Jet Duffy can stay smart off the field. If he can just stay disciplined off the field, moving forward, just take care of business and act like a professional, I think that will be huge development for him, personal development for him. Well, let's see. What do we think he does going into the next big game? Because he's got back-to-back big ones. Oklahoma State was ranked, and now we got a ranked Baylor team, and we're going to Baylor for the first time in a long time. I mean, how do we think the boys will stand up against this Baylor team that's kind of been rolling teams all season long? Yeah, I think that we have a little bit of a target on our back rolling into this. Um, we had, I mean, look at what we had. We had Offensive Player of the Week for the Big 12, Chet Duffy. Defensive Player of the Week, Jordan Brooks for the Big 12. <laughs> Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week, Trey Wolf. Um, I mean, we were <laughs> we rocked up all the awards for the Big 12 this week, boys. So, I mean, I think that Matt Rule, um, uh, he's, he's, he's no fool. I think that he knows that this Tech team is well coached and that we have some talent. Um, and as cliched as it is, we're going to have to roll into Baylor and we're going to have to play a really good game on all sides of the ball again. We can't be mediocre on defense and good on offense or vice versa. we got to be good on both sides of the ball to give us a chance to beat the Bears this weekend. Is Armad Shine hurt? Do you know? You know, I saw him I saw him limping on the sideline for sure um, during that game, and I, I haven't seen any report. Um, I hope he's not, but the good news is, is that uh, against Oklahoma State, we really did have a balanced rushing attack. Um, Sir Roderick Thompson put up great numbers, uh, looked, looked awesome, uh, to John Henry coming off of an injury and, and starting to get a little bit more reps looked, looked like the back that I thought that he could be coming into this season. So, um, I hope that shine's not injured, but I'm not too worried because of how balanced of a rushing attack we have, especially when you throw Duffy in the mix. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. Baylor, Baylor's a great team, man. I've, I've been able to watch a few of their games this year. You know, it just seems that they haven't played anyone that's been able to get on a roll on offense. It seems like their defense has been able to really stop everyone. So, I mean, God, if we play like we did, and we're, I think, I think it's going to come down to just a few, a few big plays, and hopefully, Jet can hit them when they're wide open because those are the big plays that we're going to need against such a talented offensive side of the ball against Baylor. Um, this one could be a shootout, in my opinion. I mean, you're I definitely think so right. too, Chris. Their defense has definitely surprised me. Um, I mean, if you even look at their past game against Kansas State, going into Kansas State, they only let up 12 points. Baylor was a, a couple-point underdog in that one. They end up winning by 20. I mean, that team definitely looks mean. Like you said, we know their offense is good. We know Mims on the outside is damn near and impossible to stop. They got another great receiver in Thornton. Um, but if we can get rolling offense, if we can get to an early lead, maybe cause a couple turnovers again. I mean, I like when we're playing from ahead. I don't like when we're playing from behind. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I, I agree with you, Ryan. And uh, I was excited that Vasher had a big game because I think there's going to be a lot of attention on TJ. Um, you know, five receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown against Oklahoma State. He's going to draw a lot of attention. But we saw some other uh, receivers really step up, um, specifically. 
Ezukama, and we talked about him a yep. little bit. And he had another big – he had a big game against Oklahoma State, 92 yards and a touchdown. I'm looking for him to be an impact player uh, really and truly moving forward, uh, especially in this game against Baylor. Like I said, I think Vasher's going to draw a lot of attention, so I think the re- the remaining of, the remainder of our receiving core is really going to have to step up and make some big plays this game. So, I mean, what, yeah, he was yeah. – uh, he was a four-star recruit coming in last year. Uh, that's clearly a talented receiver. We redshirted him last year, but uh, with you know all the receiving talent that we had, and I, I'm with you. If we could get an, a real solid number two receiver to go alongside Vasher, we all saw what happened last year when we had two threats on the outside. So I would love to see Eric step up and uh, you know become a real threat in this offense. Yeah, because Sean Carter had a hell of a game. Sean yep. Carter looked amazing. Sometimes I mistakenly thought that he was Vasher because he has size too. I mean, he they're they're both just incredible talent. And then when you toss in uh, a third wide receiver that can make big plays, then uh, you know we have a real real uh, passing attack on offense. Yeah, I think Dalton Rigdon needs to have another big game. I mean, we've seen the threat that he can be, especially on the screen when we get some good blocking. He has explosive speed. Um, you, you take that and. Um, I think that I think that they could be poised for a big game. Now, again, I think a key to the game is going to be third down conversions. We have got to be able to convert on third down. I mean, um, if we would have done that against Oklahoma State, we would have won by a lot more too. Um, but forcing turnovers is going to be huge, um, and then starting fast, um, making sure that we have a solid game coming right out the gates. You know, I, I'm with you, Ryan. I don't like playing from behind. I think we can, but making sure we establish our football, our brand of football right out of the gates is going to be key to taking down the Bears. Yeah, did you know that was the very first game that Duffy has played where he's had the lead going in the halftime? I did know that. Yeah, I read that today. And he uh, and he came out in the second half, and they, I mean, they just did not let up off the gas pedal. That nope. was, we need we need that same energy, that same focus against Baylor to have a shot in this one, because it's going to be a sold out crowd. And Baylor, what is it, a three p.m. game? You know they're they're going to be ready to play. And I agree with Matt Wells that this game and most games are won in the trenches. And we saw that we dominated Oklahoma State in the trenches. So we're going to have to play that with that same physicality, boys. This is going to be a great game. I think so too. I think so too. All right, so what do you think besides physicality? I'm going to say one of my keys to the game, and I think it's going to go back to last week again, and that's going to be the turnover battle. That's going to be havoc on on defense and not letting it happen on offense. I think if we can win this turnover battle, I mean, Charlie Brewer, their quarterback, he really hasn't turned the ball over this year. I think he has zero interceptions. Uh, we need this defense to keep high-flying, ball-hawking, you know, Coleman, uh he, if he can grab another pick or two, that'd be something. But if this defense can stay keeping the pressure on the quarterback, causing sacks, and getting interceptions, I think if we can win this turnover battle, I think that's going to be a huge step to winning the game, and that's going to put us in a great position going forward. Absolutely. And I'm looking for Jordan Brooks to throw the brick on the gas pedal and just absolutely <laughs> go after these guys because he has offenses quaking in their boots preparing for him. I mean, he looks unstoppable right now. I hope he can keep it going rolling into this next weekend. Yeah, my key to the game is going to be discipline, and I mean that in terms of trying to not have any penalties because if we have as many penalties as we did against Oklahoma State and it was a tight game, 
that could have costed us the ball game. So just discipline, smart decision making, and just that fight. That fight's got to stay there. And fans need to travel to Baylor for this game. We haven't played in Waco in a decade. So I want to see a lot of the Red Raider faithful down in Waco this weekend. Chris, did you ever go to the old Baylor Stadium no. when you were growing up? It no. was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It was like the grossest <laughs> stadium I've ever been to in my entire life. Waco as a whole the... is pretty disgusting. Oh, gosh. It's, it's nasty there. It's 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 like a, a barren, but it's all wasteland, but it's also muggy and just ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Sick. Ugh. It's sick. That's where they got their. That's where they got their slogan. Sick them. Sick em. Yeah. Make the people in <laughs> Waco sick. Sick them. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, boys. Uh, I think let's hop into a couple other segments, and I think we should start off with some uh, some Raiders in the NFL. Looking at our boy Cliff getting his first win in the NFL. Way to be Cliff, huh? Yeah, uh, suck it, Evan, win. you hater. <laughs> hey, hey, I ain't a Cliff hater. Yeah, you are. I'm not. I mean, you know, it's on a game-winning field goal last second, but a win's a win's a win. So uh, hats off to you, Cliff. Unfortunately, our other favorite in the NFL had a tough game last night, but uh, no one expects that to repeat. So, obviously, going forward, Patty Mahomes is going to continue to have his MVP number two season. Yeah, and you can tell Mahomes was gimpy walking around. You could tell that he won 100%, especially when he got that ankle rolled on. I think that was pretty tough on him. But, you know, he battled through, and I think that, you know, a week of rehab, and he'll come back firing next week. It's pretty wild that, like, he had a bad game, and they lost, but he still threw for over 300 yards and a touchdown. and. Yeah. I mean, they had no running attack, which is going to kill you. But, um, I mean, he didn't turn the ball over once again. Still hasn't all year. Uh, still leading the league in passing yards by, like, 500. And right there at the top, touchdowns. Um, yeah, he was a little gimpy, but he's a tough guy. We all know that. Uh, he never misses a game. He'll be back rearing for action next week. Yeah. Um, anyone else you want to highlight, fellas? Nope. Uh, All right. Well, what about then, what about any other big games coming up next week besides besides uh, Baylor? You know, we got the Red River Shootout, Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, uh, obviously, always, always a massive game, one of the biggest games of the year in college football. Who do you guys have, and why? Let me let me first tell you that OU OU is favored by eleven in this game. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma's gonna destroy them. I, I can't wait to see the horns just get destroyed by Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts is do. gonna make Ellinger look like a little boy. It's this is not gonna be this is not gonna be pretty. I think they do too. Sorry, Uncle Doug. I know you're a big Longhorn fan, but I think y'all are gonna get dominated this weekend. Sorry to no one. I mean, I, I offer no oh. sorries to any Texas fans. I mean, Oklahoma got to play last week against Kansas, and, and you know that they were game planning for Texas the entire time. Um, I think they're going to come out and just absolutely stomp as well. I don't think Texas is going to be able to hold Oklahoma's offense, especially when you look at what West Virginia was able to do to them last week. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oklahoma, that offense is still so scary, running the ball, throwing the ball. Hurts can do both. Their running backs can do both. The receivers are incredible. Uh, I think it's going to be high-scoring affair for sure. I mean, Texas' offense, they're no joke. They can put up points. But when it comes to a shootout, when especially with these two teams, uh, 
I'm definitely leaning Oklahoma. I mean, boys, let's I'm, not kid ourselves here. I mean, we saw what Oklahoma does. They're just playing at a different level. They they are a college football contender or playoff contender. I have never seen Texas as a playoff contender. I've seen them as a pretty good team, but yeah, they're all the credit to you know Texas Longhorns and putting together winning seasons again. But they're they're going to be outclassed in this one for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the exception of the Vince Young year, obviously, when they took the natty at USC, but especially in recent years, especially under the new format, I mean, no chance. They can't they can't compete with OU, in my opinion. But we've seen them steal games in the Red River shootout. It's a big robbery. Everyone's coming. With, I mean, that's the most important um, regular season game to both teams, no question. Um, but, yeah, I think it should be a good game. But if, if I'm a betting man, which I'm not on this game, but if I was – OU all the way. 100%. Um, other than that, you know, I haven't really been looking too far ahead at the, the big schedule, or the Big 12 schedule. I think that the big games on the horizon, the biggest two, honestly, are Texas Tech and Texas. Those are the two games <laughs> that people are going to be watching. <laughs> and, and that Florida LSU game, you know that's going to be a Ooh, big yeah. one as well. Um, yeah. In Baton Rouge, right? Yeah. Mike the Tiger. Yeah, Florida, Florida coming off a big win uh, with Auburn traveling to the swamp. So, um, you know, big time, big time playoff implications in that game. Uh, but I, I'm taking the Tigers at home, home field advantage. I think the Tigers roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go Tigers. I think Cameron Lewis's uh, Tigers there are going to bring it home. Yeah, go Tigers. <laughs> See you. Uh, yeah, I actually I kind of love the LSU. They're they're so fun to watch. As like they took like an air raid approach this year, basically. Ed Ogeron goes from I'm just gonna run, 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 run the ball to this year. Like yeah, fuck it, let's throw it every play, and all of a sudden it's working. <laughs> but um, you know I think that just about wraps us up for this week. Uh, massive game this week. Let's see if we can take down two ranked opponents in a row and get this Texas Tech team rolling. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And I'm Evan. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up. Guns up, baby.